It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Let's start off a little cerebral, then we're going to jump right in. This big divide people keep talking about does exist. It does exist. This big struggle people keep talking about, it does exist. Liberty versus tyranny. We're on the liberty side. Law and order versus crime. We're on the law and order side. But you know what's interesting? It's even broader than that. Have you noticed how the Democrats condemned the founding 1776? They condemn the Declaration of Independence. If they even reference us, they, they take out important parts of it. Remember when Justice Jackson, then nominee Jackson, would not say whether she could or could not support the notion of natural law, natural rights? Remember that? And yet that's right there in the Declaration of Independence. They hate the Constitution. How many times have I come behind this microphone citing some Democrat on TV or radio or in the newspapers going on about how the Constitution's too old or it was adopted by white slave owners and so forth? But what is it that they want instead? So I really got to thinking about this. There's two major and different thresholds of thinking here. You remember we've talked about over the years, and I've written about over the years, this German-based ideology from Hegel and Marx and many others. Remember that? And this is where progressivism, so-called, comes from. Progressivism being the, the bastard child of Marxism. American Marxism you have Hegel who really laid the foundation for Marx who's laid the foundation for the modern progressive era who's laid the foundation for American Marxism step by step and that is an ideology again born of German philosophers that is undemocratic that believes the economy exists to serve the government whether in case of Hegel, it's the Prussian Empire. In the case of Marx, it's this Marxist utopia. And the government exists to serve the ruling class masterminds because, you see, they're the experts. And somehow God has, although they don't believe in God, but God has conferred upon them expertise and knowledge that that the plebes, that is, we do not have. And of course, these experts are phony, which is why they always have to ultimately use police state tactics to enforce their power and trash the equivalent of the Bill of Rights, freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of religion, the right to bear arms, due process, and all the rest. 
So that's really, in a nutshell, the German-based ideology that has led to so much horror throughout the world. And then there is what I'll call the British-based philosophy. And even beyond. Aristotelian. The Declaration of Independence. The Constitution of the United States. No, the Constitution is not too old. The purpose of the Constitution is to protect the individual. No, the Declaration is not a white supremacist document. Read it. Unalienable rights. For whom? For everybody. Natural law. What's natural law? It's God-given law. God-given rights. Truisms. Truisms. And the early so-called progressives, Wilson, John Dewey, Wiley, Crowley, all the rest, they didn't believe in God-given anything. They didn't believe in God-given anything. They believe man has the capacity through rules and laws, through legislation, to determine his own fate. And the people responsible must be sort of masterminds, a ruling class that directs that pulls, that pushes, that organizes, that groups the population, because the population is incapable of doing this. And so this, this German-based ideology rejects individual free will, whereas this British or Greek or Hebrew uh, philosophy embraces individualism. Am I making sense, Mr. Producer? And so you move this up to today in this election. What is it that the Democrat Party stands for? This German ideology. But the German ideology is the opposite of the principles and the philosophy and the truisms that went behind the Declaration and undergird the Constitution. That's what this struggle is about. That's what this struggle is about. Through much of Europe, they've adopted the German ideology, even in Britain. That's not how the United States was founded and established. So we have this American Marxism that is built from the German ideology that is trying to devour what is the notion of individualism, private property rights, limited government, and all these things that built the most powerful and the most significant country the world has ever known. That's the battle. That's the battle. That's what's going on. And more about this another day. Eugenics. We've talked about that. These things, I, I, you know, I'm playing around with them over the weekend, so I, I, I get excited about presenting them to you. Eugenics. It's no accident that the Democrat Party supported eugenics, because if you feel that you can socially engineer society, 
How can you socially engineer society without socially engineering the human beings in a society? You can't. That's the danger. And yet Planned Parenthood has been an appendage of the Democrat Party for a hundred years and you have spent billions of dollars subsidizing it. It's only a few years ago, starting with its New York chapter, that it even condemned Margaret Sanger. Hillary Clinton got the great Margaret Sanger Award. People were thrilled about getting Margaret Sanger Awards. She also was a racist. This is the problem when we're not taught actual history, and this is the problem when the media lies to you to promote an agenda because it's corrupt. Isn't this important for people to know? How do we go through the last several years talking about insurrections, talking about systemic racism, watching riots, pulling down monuments, burning books, and the Democrat Party is untouched and unscathed. How is that possible? We talk about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and 65. You have an idiot like this Roland Martin guy. We had to pass these things, you know, because... Even though we had the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, white people refused to embrace them. Really? Well, white people passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. Republicans. And Republicans passed, overwhelmingly, the Civil Rights Act of 64 and 65 with some Democrat help. But why were those acts passed? Why were the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments passed? To stop the Democrats. Why was the 1964 Civil Rights Act and the 1965 Civil Rights Act, a.k.a. the Voting Rights Act, why were they passed? To stop Democrats. Oh, you don't say. They want to talk about whites. They want to talk on the left about the country. Because they're Democrats. Racism has always been a big part of the Democrat Party. Always. Up until and through the 60s. Racism. The target. The target. Were blacks. Today, the Democrat Party is still racist. The target? Whites. Whites. Racism is a core, fundamental part of the Democrat Party. Why? Because it's an evil damn party to begin with. Because it has this German ideology now as its base. You cannot be viewed as individuals. You cannot see a colorblind society. First of all, it doesn't serve their power-hungry purposes. But it doesn't serve their ideology. So racism was targeted against blacks for 150 or more years. And today it's white supremacy pushed by critical race theory. Again, Democrats. Democrats. Republicans don't push these ideologies because they're not part of the tradition of the country 
When you look at the Declaration of Independence, John Locke was anti-slavery. Edmund Burke was anti-slavery. I can't think of a Republican president. The Republican Party, as I recall, was established in 1856 to do what? To abolish slavery. I can't think of a Republican president who ever supported slavery. I can't think of Democrat presidents. I can't think of a Republican president who supported segregation. But I can't think of Democrat presidents who supported segregation for a hundred years after the Civil War. And members of the Democrat Party who supported segregation, members of the Democrat Party, one of whom, Joe Biden, worked very closely with segregationists and racists because he agreed with them against integrating public schools. He agreed with them. The Democrat Party, even after the 1964 Civil Rights Act passed, one of the great filibuster leaders was Robert Byrd. And he took to the floor for 14 and a half hours in a last desperate effort on the last day of a 70-day filibuster to try and stop that law from being passed. What happened to Robert Byrd after that? He became the leader of the Senate Democrats. And not for a little bit, and not for a little while. For at least a decade. He was their minority leader, and then he was their majority leader. So where does this get us? It's the same party, effectively. It's the same ideology, effectively. Different targets, different tactics, different strategies. It is unraveling and dismantling our country from within because it always has. That's the battle that's taking place. Mark Levin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. It's a remarkable thing, Mr. and Mrs. America. When the smartest, most perceptive individual on MSNBC is Al Sharpton. Never thought I'd say that. But look what's there. You got uh, Sakon Vansetti, a.k.a. 
Joe Scarborough and Mika. And down the list of reprobates, miscreants, and malcontents. But he's on the morning schmo show, so nobody saw him, so I will give it some attention. Cut 12, go. The biggest gap seems to be in voter enthusiasm with Republicans. Uh, a lot more enthusiastic about getting out to vote than Democrats. Why? I think that uh, the reason we're seeing that is because, again, miss some of us, I started to say many, but not many. Some of us have been saying to the Democrats, you've got to talk about uncomfortable things that are really concerning and that are very important to the base of voters that you want to come out with, uh, come out and vote. So yes, we've got to talk about voting rights. We have to talk about democracy, but we also have to deal with crime. What? Crime? We can't deal with crime. That means arresting people and actually putting them in jail. No, we can't do that. Is Al Sharpton a White supremacist, Mr. Producer? I'm starting to think he is. Speaking of white supremacists, and the point will be underscored in a moment, we've got Joe Biden. Joe Biden is reminiscing again, but this time with a guy by the name of Jonathan Capehart, who's a left-wing cook. On MSLSD yesterday, Sunday. Cut six, go. My question to you, though, Mr. President, is can our democracy survive when the Republican Party is, it only cares about power? Wow, what a reporter. Jonathan Capehart, you're great. You're exactly where you belong on MSLSD. That's where all the lowlights go. And we've got this Republican Party, Mr. President. It only cares about power. How sick. Go ahead. Uh, I think that if we allow the Republican Party to continue to metastasize into what a minority of the report, the party as a whole is. I Look, I think... Right, one stop of the re- right there. What did that mean, Mr. President? I don't even know what that means. Neither does he. But he got a big word in there without screwing it up. Go ahead mainstream conservative Republicans running out there is because they are so concerned about not only their physical well-being, but also the notion that how can they win when a minority of Republicans are showing up to vote and they're really hard-edged. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I don't agree with anything that Liz Cheney believes about the substantive issues, but I admire the hell out of her. Yeah, of she course re- you do. Because she is a, uh, I have a new word for the Liz Cheney types, Mr. Producer. You ready? The hemorrhoidics of the Republican Party. She's a hemorrhoidic. Look it up. Go ahead. She doesn't support the notion of use of violence. Use of violence, ladies and gentlemen, which is something the Democrat Party has done from its very beginning. And still does. The little footnote. Keep your marker there, Mr. Producer, on the clip. One of Marco Rubio's canvassers in South Florida, 24-year-old young man, 
was almost beaten to death. Because he was going door to door to get out the vote and he was wearing a Marco Rubio t-shirt and a Ron DeSantis cap. And four thugs beat him so badly his eyes were swelled shut. His jaw was broken. He lost a great deal of blood. And more. And more. Now, you're not going to see that on MSLSD with Jonathan Capehart. Dizzy Lizzie Cheney's not going to say a damn thing about it. But because Liz Cheney believes you're the grave danger to the Republic, to the Republican Party. She's a nut. She's a nut. She's obviously been inhaling too much uh, car fumes. Carbon monoxide, not dioxide. Go ahead. I insist that there are basic fundamental rules. And it used to be that way all through the Senate. I mean, hell, I served with Jim Eastland and Strom Thurmond. You know, I served with really conservative members of the United States Senate. But afterwards, after we'd argue like hell, we'd go down to the Senate dining room and everybody eat together. Isn't that great? He would go down there and eat together with two of the biggest racists and segregationists in the Senate. And it, the irony, the irony doesn't even strike the, strike the dummy, which is we go down at the Senate dining room and we'd eat together. Yeah. Well, if you were black, they wouldn't sit down and eat with you. You moron. Yeah, we go down there and sit there. And you were their favorite, favorite northerner lackey, Joey. Because you not only supported their bill to prevent school integration, you helped write it. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? He helped to write it. And now he's there at the DNC today. He wants to scare the hell out of people. That's Joe Biden's history. It's not the history of a single Republican in Congress. That's his history. Not Donald Trump's history. Not Ron DeSantis's history. That is Joe Biden's history. And then he dares to say this today which should offend everybody listening to this program. Cut 13, go. Democrats are going to protect the fundamental rights and freedoms like the right to choose, the right to privacy, the right to vote, are very democracy. But the Democrats were the ones who've opposed all of that all along. Republicans have never opposed freedoms, even right to choose. Well, who's making the choice about what? When it came to vaccines, you didn't have a right to choose, right? Wearing masks, you didn't have a right to choose. The Democrats and their thug union bosses in our classroom shut down the schools, so now your kids, well, they didn't learn very much according to the recent tests that just came out. But maybe that's good. Nor did they have to deal with pornographic material in the elementary school library or drag queens at lunch hour or critical race theory which dehumanizes the kids or transgenderism that's a big one I remember when I was a kid the big fad was new math Mr. Producer now it's transgenderism I didn't think new math was very good but it beats trans 
uh, teaching kids how to be transgender and without their parents even knowing about it. Wow. Go ahead. Republicans have already introduced legislation that will ban abortion with no exceptions to rape or incest or the life of the mother. Okay, 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 okay. States will make their decisions. There's not a single federal proposal to do that. The states get to decide. But the Democrats voted on legislation that would provide no limits on abortion, including partial birth abortion, including infanticide including any single regulation that exists, whether it's a health or medical regulation or the notifying of parents. If we're talking about minor girls. But go ahead. At the same time, Republicans are threatening to take away the constitutional right to marry the person you love. Okay, now who is doing that? Which Republican? Which Republican has threatened that? Media, are you so pathetic? Are you, have you been so bastardized by your ideology that you don't call him out for being the lying SOB that he is? That's right. I said the lying SOB that he is. Ultra stupid. Ultra stupid. So now you see Republicans do not want you to ma- He's the one that's eating with Eastland. He's the one that's leading, eating with one of the leading racists in segregations. A plantation owner from Mississippi whose ancestors owned slaves. Okay. Can't control what your ancestors did. But Joe Biden's from Wilmington, Delaware. Hey, we could disagree on things, you know, like race and segregation and integration of our public schools. And then sit down and eat, you know. Except they didn't disagree with them on the integration of schools. The only person in the top of the political ruling class chain today who supported segregation is Joe Biden. Not Mitch McConnell. Not Kevin McCarthy. Not even Pelosi and Schumer. Joe Biden. And now he's saying Republicans oppose allowing you to marry who you want to marry. When James Eastland, his friend, opposed interracial marriage. I want you to think about this. There's only one party that opposed interracial marriage. Was it the Republican Party? One party. The Democrat Party. It opposed interracial marriage. That's the history. Those are the facts. Just 50 years ago. 50 short years ago. And less than 100 years ago, there was only one party. One party that refused to outlaw lynchings. It's a Democrat party. What are you trying to say? What do you mean, what am I trying to say? I am sick and tired of these Democrats lying 
through their seven teeth lying. These phony historians, these phony tenured professors, these these slimeball Democrat politicians who who've changed history, who've turned the tables. Racism of some kind or another has always been the coin of the realm for the Democrat Party. Listen to their hosts on MSNBC. Listen to their hosts on CNN. Listen to their tenured professors. Racists. Racists. Before it was blacks, now it's whites. Now it's even more Asians. Look at Harvard. Colorblind society, they can't tolerate a colorblind society. No, 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 no. Where would they get their power from? So no, Joe, uh, I don't think there is a, an intelligent, objective American citizen who believes there's any Republicans who want to oppose you getting married. I can't think of one. Can you? So why is he saying this? Because Joe is sick. Because Joe's a leftist. Because Joe is a loser. And God willing, he's going to take his entire party down with him. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. I have some bad news for you. There are two candidates running neck and neck. Republicans running neck and neck. In New Hampshire, you have Bulldog, who's been on the program. In Arizona, you have Masters, who's been on the program. And Mitch McConnell has pulled every penny out of New Hampshire because he doesn't like Bulldog, who's an independent thinker and will decide who it is he chooses to vote for should he get elected to the Senate for the leader of the Republicans. So he took almost $6 million out of New Hampshire yesterday while Bulldog has tied the incumbent, Hassan. Masters in Arizona is neck and neck now with Kelly. Neck and neck. McConnell has refused to spend one plug nickel, not a penny, to help Masters in Arizona. McConnell's also trying to defeat, as we discussed, Shabaka, the the conservative who is endorsed by all the Republican entities which are conservative in the state of Alaska. And the Republican Party of Alaska today censured Mitch McConnell, who has spent millions and millions to promote Lisa Murkowski, who is now endorsed by the Democrat Party, who's now endorsed by the Democrat running for the House as she endorsed the Democrat running for the House in return. Mitch McConnell supports Murkowski. These are three races, if we lose them, are on Mitch McConnell. We have a perfect opportunity to take New Hampshire and defeat an incumbent. Mitch McConnell has just undermined the Republican candidate. So I want to encourage all conservatives, you got to turn out in New Hampshire. We have a perfect opportunity to send Blake Masters, 
to Washington, D.C. and defeat Mark Kelly. And if Masters loses, that is on Mitch McConnell. You folks in Arizona, you got to double down here and work hard. Kelly Shabaka, who we've had on this program and on TV, is a fantastic conservative, a citizen candidate. Whereas Murkowski has been in the Senate 30 years, was appointed to that position by her father, and changed the election system in Alaska so she wouldn't have to run in the Republican primary where she would be defeated. She needs the Democrat Party's support and Washington Rhino establishment support to win. She's the Democrat in the race. Murkowski has to be viewed as the Democrat in the race. So if Shabaka loses and Masters loses and Bulldog loses, that's three conservative Republicans that Mitch McConnell will have defeated. Now, why would he do such a thing? Because all three of them are not going to vote for him to be the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate. Mitch McConnell doesn't give a crap about you. He despises the base. He worked for Ford against Reagan. He despises Trump. He hated the Tea Party. Pretty much the way the Wall Street Journal editorial page goes, Mitch McConnell goes. They want change. Just not that much. Now, this is a Tea Party moment in many ways. In many ways. We wouldn't have had Mike Lee or Rand Paul or Marco Rubio. We wouldn't have had later Ted Cruz. But for this movement, which overlaps with today's movement. I want you to think about this. And should we take the United States Senate, there needs to be a significant number of Republican senators who vote no for Mitch McConnell to be the leader of the Republicans. Because if they are in the majority, it'll be no thanks to McConnell. Oh, yeah, he's got his surrogates on TV and radio telling you all the money he's pouring into Oz in Pennsylvania. The truth is, he waited. The truth is, you and Oz and his campaign are responsible for where he is. Fetterman has done more to help Oz than McConnell has. Now he's pouring money into the state. He was about to cut off Herschel Walker. But Walker rebounded. Now he's helping Walker. He was no big fan of... And I can go down the list. Many years ago, Mitch McConnell would call radio hosts from time to time. He only calls a few now, like my buddy Hugh Hewitt and a few others, but used to call most of us. He called me. We're talking about Indiana, the Senate race. It was 2010. The election of 2010. I supported the conservative treasurer. And he wanted... Uh, ah, it's amazing these people go, and I can't remember their names. Anyway, there was a senator there who had been for, there forever. 
Lugar. That's who it was. Lugar being a rhino. Lugar lost the Republican primary, and I said to McConnell, this is good. We got a conservative running. I'm not so sure about that. I don't know that we can keep that seat. That's when I knew we had a big problem. It was years and years ago. I knew we had a big problem, and he's still there. He's still there. It's unbelievable, really. Now, I want to tell Hakeem Jeffries something. Democrat out of New York who hopes to be a one day the Speaker of the House. Republicans apparently don't believe in democracy anymore. You are a sleazeball. You're a liar. You're a demagogue. Your policies, your agenda is so pathetic. It's so anti-American. It's so anti-working Americans. It's so destructive of families. That you have got to resort to this same Republicans don't care about democracy anymore. Who the hell do you think you're talking about? Half the country doesn't care about democracy anymore. You, you jerk, it's your party. That trashes the Constitution. That trashes separation of powers. That trashes the Supreme Court. That trashes the men who wrote the Constitution, who ratified the Constitution. You, you jerk, and your party. You don't support it. Hakeem Jeffries. Who the hell does he think he is? Oh, he's a member of Congress. Oh, my goodness. How wonderful. He runs in a district in which he can't lose. And he's lecturing us about democracy. Democracy. Was that democracy in 2000 when you jerks went to court to try and steal the election? Was that democracy in 2004 when you jerks objected to the count of the Electoral College? Was that democracy in 2016 when you jerks tried to overthrow an elected president by the name of Trump? We don't need lectures from Hakeem Jeffries. Isn't this one of the cities, this city in Washington, among others, who want illegal aliens to vote? But don't worry. They believe in democracy. Democracy. Your party. Your party, Hakeem Jeffries. Shame on you. Your party, the party of slavery and segregation. Your party, the party of Jim Crow. Your party. Don't hand me the 1964 and 65 Civil Rights Acts. You know why those laws had to be passed? Roland Martin, genius. You know why they had to be passed, America? It wasn't because, quote-unquote, white people wouldn't follow the 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments, the Civil War Amendments, which were ratified by white people. It's because of Democrats. Democrats would not honor Reconstruction. Democrats supported the Klan. Democrats supported Plessy versus Ferguson. Democrats opposed legislation right up into the 1940s. Federal legislation that would eliminate and make it a federal crime to lynch people. Democrats. Democrats in the 1960s opposed integration, including Biden. The 1964 and 65 Civil Rights Acts 
had to be passed to stop the Democrats. Wasn't Republicans who were preventing black people from voting. It wasn't Republicans that had literacy tests. It wasn't Republicans standing in the door of elementary schools and high schools to prevent black and white kids from going to school together. They were Democrats. Now, what's that about democracy, Hakeem? You moron. This party, this Democrat party is anti-American. The party of the Confederacy. Now the party of Marxism. Never the party of Americanism. That's what's on the line. Then, oh, I'm a moderate Democrat. Oh, yes, I am. There are no moderate Democrats in public office anymore. Not one. They're liars. They lie to their, to their citizenry to get elected. They lie. They bring in their billionaires. They're billionaires who are aristocrats, who are oligarchs, who no more believe in capitalism than Hakeem Jeffries. Certain type of billionaire. And these billionaires, like Soros and Gates and all the rest of them, they take their money, they get their lawyers, their campaign lawyers, their election lawyers, and they wash their millions and millions and millions through groups to buy TV ads to smear Republicans and promote Democrats, to lie about their candidate and lie about their opponent. They don't want to run on their record. They don't want to run on their modern-day record. They don't want to run on their historical record. And then, of course, they have the media corporations, the Comcasts, the AT&Ts. They've got Verizon. They've got their media corporations. On whose boards these leftist corporatists sit. Were brainwashed through their colleges and all the rest of it. And they advance their agenda. And here's what they know. These corporatists know that the Democrats will punish them if they don't go along. They will use the full force of the FBI the SEC, the FTC, they will use the full force of the IRS. They will use taxation and regulation to put them out of business. And they throw in with them. Conversely, they know on the Republican side that the Republicans talk tough, but in the end, they're gutless. Nonetheless, we must vote against the Democrats and for the Republicans. And the best of the Republicans are the ones that are not endorsed and supported by Mitch McConnell. The best of them. Because he's a piece of Adam Schiff. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. 
This is the best of Mark Levin. I want to talk about bread and butter issues. I want to talk about what's affecting you directly. Jackie Heinrich strikes me as a terrific reporter over there at the White House. And John Kirby, they moved that propagandist who defended all the moves in Afghanistan over to the White House. Uh, He's a white male. I believe he's a straight white male who has, in many respects, taken over on major issues for the current press secretary, who, of course, is not a straight white male. Nonetheless, this question that she asks may sound familiar to you. Since we pushed it into the national conversation about 10 days ago, and it's very, very important. Maybe it was a week ago. Let's see. No, 10 days ago. Cut 19. Go. What are we doing to increase the supply of diesel, given that the Energy Information Administration said as of October 14th, the U.S. only had about a 25-day supply. You have yeah. the Northeast and, and New York already rationing home heating oil. What are we doing to prepare for the winter to ramp up supply of diesel? I'll, I'll take the question on the diesel, because I just don't have the, the data on that in front of me. So let me take that, and, and, uh, and we'll get back to you on that. And that's but, enough. And then he rambles on about stuff to, uh, you know, there's the shiny object. Chase that instead. Now, hear me out. That article was October 14th, that Energy Information Administration. It wasn't on all the Internet and all that. I had to dig it out. Because that's what I do. And I dug it out. And there it was. The Energy Information Administration, EIA. Because every now and then I go there to see what the status is of various types of fossil fuels or electricity. And there it was blaring. 25 days left of diesel fuel. Which runs almost everything in this country. I know most of you use gasoline. But our trucks use diesel fuel. Our assembly lines use diesel fuel, and on and on and on. 25 days left. Now, what's going to happen? Is this going to turn out to be a baby formula crisis? The tampon crisis? All of a sudden, oh, wow, I don't know. It's the, you know, it's, it's the Ukrainians. It's uh, the whole world, you know, that crap. When we were energy independent two years ago, and we had a hell of a lot more diesel than we have today, Kirby has no answer. You want to know why he has no answer? Because they're not even paying attention to it. You want to know why else he has no answer? What's the answer? The problem is this administration. The problem is this president. The problem is this ideology, this phony climate change ideology. Isn't it interesting to you folks? The Democrats aren't running on climate change. Have you heard anybody, Mr. Producer? No. You want to know why they're not running on climate change? Because climate change is a big lie that has been used to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to drive us into inflation, to cut off at the knees our energy companies and our energy independence. They're not running on climate change. So the answer for Kirby is, I'll take the question on the diesel, meaning I'll take it with me, because I just don't have the data on that in front of me. So let me take that, and we'll get back to you on that. Oh, good idea. Get back to us on that when you get a chance, you know. 
And the rationing, the rationing is already occurring in the Northeast and New York in particular. That is New England and New York and other parts of the Northeast. And soon enough, the end user, the consumer is going to feel it. You don't feel it yet because winter hasn't kicked in in a, in a uh, significant way. But when it does, then you're going to see supplies limited and prices going up even more. Did you know that? Then they'll blame the oil companies and they'll blame Putin. It's not the oil companies. It's not Putin. We didn't have this problem before the Democrats took over Washington. We didn't have this problem when Donald Trump was president. Now, here's Fetterman. Here's Fetterman on this issue of fracking. Fetterman. First of all, people don't realize Pennsylvania, I think, is the second biggest producer of oil in the country. I don't think people realize that. John Rockefeller, where did he set up business? Cleveland. You've got that part of Pennsylvania and Ohio. Big energy production. And so this does affect the people in Pennsylvania. Now, I can tell you, having grown up in Pennsylvania, in southeast Pennsylvania, outside Philly, right outside Philly, they don't give a damn what goes on in southwest Philly. Excuse me, Pennsylvania. They don't give a damn. It's like three or four different states, Pennsylvania. But we give a damn. And they'd give a damn if they couldn't get the fuel that they needed, I can tell you that. But here's Fetterman. People are focused on the fact that he seems dumbfounded. He seems incapable of replying to the, to the question, which is true. But it's more than that. The reason he's having difficulty is because the brain isn't processing as it should because he had a stroke, which means there was some brain damage. The question is whether it's permanent and so forth and so on. But it's more than that. It's for him. You really have to spin it. You really got to figure out, use your noodle to try and figure out how to work your way out of this. Well, he's not at that point and he can't. So he's left. He's left with the truth. Cut six, go. I absolutely support fracking. In fact, I live across the street from a, a steel mill, and they were going to frack to create their own energy in order to make them more competitive. And I support that, living closer to anybody else in Pennsylvania for fracking to myself. I believe that we need independence with energy, and I believe I've walked that line my entire career. I believe Democrats... Mr. Fetterman, I do have a specific question, which you can continue on this topic, but you have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. I support the energy independence that we should have here in the United States. So, Mr. Fetterman, please explain your changing position. 60 seconds. Uh, I've, I've always supported fracking. And I always believe that independence with our energy is, is critical. We can't be held, you know, you know, ransom to somebody like Russia. You know, I've always believed that energy independence is critical, and I've always believed that, and I do support fracking. I've never taken any money from their, their, their industry, but I support how critical it is that we 
produce our own energy and create energy independence. I must correct the record. Uh, well, he, uh, just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. All right. He does not support fracking, and neither does Biden. That's why we're in the situation we're in. You know, he was lieutenant governor. He was the number two top executive official in Pennsylvania. People seem to forget that. Now, another point I want to make, and I've made this point with respect to Joe Biden, and I'm deadly serious about this. There is no way this man should be even in the public eye right now. Any more than Joe Biden should be. First of all, Joe Biden is doing severe damage to the nation. And the Democrat Party and his wife and the media installed him in the Oval Office. They knew that he was incapable of being a president, and they know it today, and they don't care. They know that John Fetterman is incapable of being a senator. His wife knows it, the Democrat Party knows it, and the media know it. He is incapable of being a senator. Apart from his Marxist ideology, he's incapable of being a senator. The Democrat Party has no compassion. And I'll go as far to say as these spouses are as power-hungry as their husbands were. And it's a disgrace. I can tell you right now, just projecting myself into this situation, if I were having these problems, there's no way my wife would even allow me to run for office. She loves me too much to expose me to this kind of humiliation. There's no way. And I think most of you agree with me, and most of you have marriages of that kind. This is really an abomination. It's like Dianne Feinstein right now. You don't hear from Dianne Feinstein right now. She ran again for the Senate... She has significant mental issues, too. This isn't a put-down in the least. In fact, quite the contrary. She shouldn't be in the Senate, but she's in the Senate. Mitch McConnell did the same thing with Thad Cochran out of Mississippi. There were conservatives running for that seat in the primary. Mitch McConnell kneecapped them. Stabbed them in the back like he's trying to do to Shabaka in Alaska. But Thad Cochran was incapable, mentally, of being a senator. He was having major, major dementia issues. And you never heard from the man after he got elected to his last term. But it didn't matter because McConnell wanted his vote and he knew he could get that vote. I am sick and tired of this ruling class. I am sick and tired of it. And that includes the Pravda media. That includes these politicians and political parties that promote this sort of thing. I am sick and tired of it. 
The American people deserve better than this. Pennsylvania, you deserve a hell of a lot better than this candidate from the Democrat Party in Pennsylvania. And I'll tell you something. I do feel sorry for the guy. He's being manipulated all over the place. I would absolutely vote against him because I don't want him in the Senate. We can't just vote for people like this. But what's been done with him, the exploitation of him, is shameful. Absolutely shameful. Just as it was shameful when McConnell did it for Cochran. And just as it's shameful when the unions, when the corporatists, when the special interests, when the radical leftists, when the media, the Democrat Party, and the dark money billionaires all got together to push Biden as he was sitting in his basement for nearly the entirety of the campaign. In addition to covering up the laptop, I am just saying. And these consequences to the country, this economy, your bank accounts, your pensions, your income, these consequences for the price of food, the unavailability of basics, they impose this on you. They impose this on you. They knowingly did this. And now you hear them saying, his handlers, Fetterman's handlers, should never have allowed him to debate. Why? Because they could continue to do what they're doing. They are diabolical. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. Democrat Party candidates running now are the most radical in American history. And many of them have said in the past, and they're lying about it now with multi-millions of dollars in billionaire dark money, that they hate the country. That's what they've said. They hate America. They hate the Constitution. They hate people because of their race. Many of them sound like hosts, or did, on MSNBC. They're the most radical candidates in American history. If a party fueling candidates that hate us, the most anti-American in American history, the most anti-middle class in American history, the most anti-capitalism in American history. Why is that? Why is that? It's pretty obvious, is it not? Lawlessness, disorder, destabilization, constant coup efforts against a prior president, Donald Trump, the Stasiization of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a Department of Injustice that is the appendage of the Democrat National Committee. Brainwashing our children against their parents, against their faith, against their upbringing. Dumbing down our children so they're more easily indoctrinated. 
What is all this? Well, we know where it comes from. If I wanted to plot a way to destroy America, I would vote Democrat. If I wanted to destroy the nuclear family, I'd vote Democrat. If I wanted to destroy our private property rights and our market system, I would vote Democrat. If I want to destroy energy independence and impoverish the people so they turn on their economic system and they turn on their constitution, I would vote Democrat. If I want to drive up the cost of gasoline and home heating oil, limit its supply, make it more complicated and complex for people to live their lives, so again they would turn on the constitution and the capitalist system, I'd vote Democrat. If I wanted to turn one American against another based solely on their skin pigmentation, I'd vote Democrat. If I wanted to destroy America, I'd have open borders where tens of thousands of young Americans are dying from fentanyl, where there's anarchy on our southern border. Where drug cartels find new cities to operate from within the United States. The more anarchy, the better. The more chaos, the better. Cloward and Piven overwhelm the system. Trash the local police. Undermine them. Defund them. Trash the military. Impose social experimentation on young people who sign up to protect the nation and turn one of those soldiers against another, again, based on their race. I would vote Democrat. If I hated America, I would vote Democrat. If I were a racist, I would vote Democrat. Democrat Party has used race for its entire existence. Anti-black racism and now anti-white racism, anti-Asian racism, from FDR to Harvard College. Racism. You heard me. For an anti-Semite. Defending Palestinian terrorists. Refusing to arrest and prosecute thugs. Attacking Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn. Embracing Black Lives Matter, an anti-Semitic, anti-American Marxist organization. If I felt that way, I'd vote Democrat. If I believe babies aren't babies, when the science tells me they're babies, even to moments before birth, even while half of their body is out of the birth canal, half their body's out of the birth canal. And I would call that a woman's choice. And I would obsess over it. And I'd want taxpayers to pay for it. And I would make it my number one campaign issue. I'd vote Democrat. Now, if I wanted to destroy America's superpower status and surrender it to the communist Chinese, I'd vote Democrat. 
If I wanted to arm the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran with nuclear warheads, I'd vote Democrat. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's the way it is. We've talked about pocketbook issues, and that's what is motivating most people, I believe. Because that's the nature of economic socialism and cultural Marxism. Poverty, impoverishment. People go hungry. People are cold in the winter. They're hot in the summer. There's rationing. Why? Because rationing is power. Power. The Democrat Party is on a suicide mission. Not for itself, of course. But for America. Whether it was the Confederacy, the Klan, the segregationists who ruled so many parts of our country for a hundred years, whether it's now the Marxists, anti-school choice and competition, brainwashing our children rather than teaching them, unleashing violence in the streets, the Democrat Party has always used race and hate. There's simply no comparable systematic effort by the Republican Party. And we can say what we will about the Republican Party, and we do. But it's not anything like the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party works with its oligarchs from Silicon Valley to silence free speech and the competition of ideas and science and other forms of information that are not sanctioned by the Democrat Party. Look all over cable, truthfully, but for Fox. You have Democrats populating, laced throughout the media. Laced throughout MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Laced throughout the big networks, the big three. Democrats. If I opposed free speech and a free press, I'd vote Democrat. The right to bear arms in order to protect yourself and your family. There are many reasons to bear arms, but for me, that's number one. So your wife, in my case, and your children are safe. So your home is your home and it's safe. This is basic in any civilized society. But if I wanted to remove your safety, a husband's ability to protect his family, or frankly, a wife's ability, or a woman, or a man, you get it. And to make them vulnerable to the mob, to rapists and murderers and burglars, without any defense, having undermined the local cops, I would vote Democrat. 
There's a reason these things are happening in the country. There's a reason why tens of millions of us are shaking our heads. What's going on in this country? There's a reason why the Democrats have nominated candidates who are the most radical imaginable, who are Marxists in many instances. There's a reason they've done that. Because they want to take us down. There's a reason why the Attorney General of the United States doesn't arrest people violating federal law who are threatening Supreme Court justice. There's a reason that the Attorney General of the United States uses the tools of federal law enforcement to go after pro-lifers, to go after Trump supporters, to go after Trump, to go after Project Veritas. There's a reason for this, to try and destroy Rudy Giuliani. John Eastman, any lawyer who deigned or dared to stand up to the judges, to the politicians, to the litigators for the Democrat Party. There's a reason. In addition to inflation, in addition to gas prices, in addition to home heating oil shortages, in addition to diesel fuel shortages, in addition to food prices going through the roof, in addition to certain food shortages, in addition to the difficulty in getting basics that you were able to get two years ago. Because Marxism destroys an economy, destroys it wherever it's tried and wherever it's practiced. In addition to all these things, the republic is being destroyed from within by people who hate us, hate our founding, hate our prosperity. These things are not happening by accident. They're heavily funded by dark money and billionaires in the shadows. They're heavily promoted by a political party that hates the country. They're heavily promoted and censored when necessary by a corrupt media that is despised by the American people because it's corrupt. That's what this election's really about. That's why this movement that was started really in the summer of 2021 needs to pull us across the finish line. Even conservative friends of mine on TV and radio, they don't understand how big this movement is. And we have talked about this over the months and even a year ago. They don't comprehend it. They take the talking points of the usual, typical, so-called experts and analysis, and they regurgitate them. Not all, but some. This is bigger than the Republican Party. This is bigger than a supposed red wave. This is life and death for a republic. For our country. We can't win every election. But we've got to win this one. 
The reason they tried to destroy Donald Trump as a candidate, the reason they tried to destroy Donald Trump during his transition to the presidency, the reason they've tried to destroy Donald Trump's presidency, and the reason they've tried to destroy Donald Trump now, post-presidency, is because he interfered with their project. Hillary was supposed to get the handoff from Obama. She, too, a radical nutjob. She was supposed to get the handoff. So they had to destroy Trump. Or try to. And yet he's still standing. He's a remarkable man. <laughs> 